Welcome to the I Work For Him podcast. I'm Michael Miracle, producer of the I Work For Him radio program, the voice of the faith and work movement. Our mission is to transform the workplace of every Christian into a mission field. What does that look like in your workplace? Let's find out right now. Broadcasting from the heart of the I Work For Him nation to Christ followers working in cities all over the United States. You've tuned into the voice of the faith and work movement. Hey, welcome to I Work For Him today. We are your host, Jim and Martha Brangenberg, and we're so glad to be here. We really are, and we hope that as you get a few moments to sit alongside of us and have a conversation today, that you um, really are able to take something away with it today. If for some reason you have to get away from the listening right now, remember you can always subscribe to our podcast. Go to your favorite podcast platform and look for I Work For Him podcast. I work the number four him podcast and you can go back and pick it up right where you left off. So don't ever forget that. And if you ever have questions for us, you know, you can always email us. Just go out to the contact us page and I work for him or just email Jim at I work for him.com or Martha at I work for him.com. Anybody who ever reaches out to us, always gets a responded email. That's Jim at I work the number four him.com or Martha at I work for him.com. You know, when life throws you curveballs, what do you do? Well, you make pretzels, of course. So often when we get pressured, we complain to God about the adversity in our lives. But what we really need to do is to celebrate what we do have from him when it's something we don't necessarily want. But Auntie Anne from Auntie Anne's Pretzels learned that going to her knees was the way she was able to conquer through the adversity. And today we're talking with Auntie Anne. Martha, you know, one of the things we really want to do is, you know, God often gives us these difficult experiences, things that, well, we'd rather not have sometimes. For sure. And I can bet that we have a lot of listeners today that feel like they're going through some really tough times right now. And um, But one of the things that we know that we cling to is that God does not waste those experiences. Um, don't you think, Jim, when we have tough times, it can be really hard, but a lot of times... God uses it to turn us into who he really wants us to be. Uh, you took my line away. Oh, you know but, what? I've maybe heard it before. Maybe you have. You know, I think what's really important is when we look at our work, there's so many times we often look, we have the grass is greener syndrome with our work. We're like, oh, if I just had a job doing something different, I'd be happier. Well, the issue is that when we look at our work as something that defines us instead of something that we just do, that that makes a big difference. God has us right where we are in order to impact the people around us, and our faith in Jesus should be impacting everybody around us, whether or not they believe in Jesus or not. And sometimes that creates adversity because the enemy doesn't want us to be sharing our faith. That's exactly right. So I hope that you listeners will stay tuned and listen to today's show. And remember, you can go to the website for Auntie Anne. She has her own website, AuntieAnnBeiler.com. And that's A-N-N-E-B-E-I-L-E-R.com. And welcome to I Work For Him. Hey, thanks. It's great to have you here in my home today. Yeah, we're excited to be here and to capture some of your stories. So let's just jump right into this today. You were the founder and CEO of Auntie Anne's Pretzels. How did God lead you there? Oh, it's a such a long story, and I know I have about 30 seconds to tell you, and that is <laughs> I'll that, give you a minute. You know, out of our pain, our purpose was born. I grew up in an Amish farm. I, I learned how to work, and I learned how to uh, to be diligent. I, I learned how to persevere on the farm. So I really feel like God set me up for something that was later on in my life was completely impossible. 
And uh, But through the pain that we experienced in our marriage, through the death of our daughter, and then uh, during that same time, uh, being abused by my pastor as I went to him for help, uh, my life was radically uh, changed. And uh, during that time, devastated. Mm-hmm. Uh, never thought this little Amish girl would find myself in this place. But uh, there I was. And uh, But, you know, God uh, is a redeemer. He redeems people. And he certainly redeemed Jonas and I. And one of the, one of the ways that he redeemed us, uh, fully and completely, he redeemed us spiritually, emotionally, financially, and physically. It's, it's, a, mm. it's a crazy good story. Mm-hmm. And um, when we were coming out of our dark days, out of our dark years, uh, my husband began to do study mar- uh, counseling uh, as a, on a layman's level. And he studied out of Emerge Ministries in Akron, Ohio. And it's there that he understood, started to understand human behavior. And he was fascinated by that because he had been a little Amish boy that fixed cars and he was a kind of an inventor and a machinist and he always put things together that were broken. So he took that whole mindset into the brokenness of our relationship and tried to understand what happened and how can this happen. And uh, so his studies then uh, led him to uh, doing a lot of uh, marriage counseling in our home as a free service in our community. Mm. There were no bigger plans than that. All we wanted to do was help other people get through life. Mm -hmm. And um, out of that, then uh, he was doing it as a free service. And uh, one day I said, about a month, and I didn't have a job at the time. And at that time I just said, I think I need to go to work this isn't working very good for us financially. I know you love what you're doing and I love what you're doing. And Jonas was my, he was my hero. He saved our marriage. And so I was grateful that he could do that. But at the same time, I just said to him, "Hon, I'll do whatever I have to do uh, so that you can do uh, your marriage counseling. And um, so I went to work and I started work at a farmer's market uh, and the rest is history. So the reason that's a long answer to why Auntie Anne's, but I want people to understand um, that's why we went into business, so that I could financially support my husband. One store was all I wanted, right. but God had a bigger well, plan. And it's often said, necessity is the mother of invention. So that's what's fantastic is that you had a need, and really you were serving in a community where they don't normally talk about problems. I mean, as we've spent a lot of time in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, in that area, is that everybody pretends that everything's great behind the doors, Everything mm-hmm. that everything's fine. When you're out in the community, nobody talks about that they're well. marriage problems. All is well. And so your husband actually cracked open a door into an area that that community desperately needed. He he actually did. And, and his heart and goal was to be able to um, minister and uh, do counseling to the Amish and the Mennonite people. At that time, 30 years ago, hmm. uh, there was none of that in the Amish community. And so as we look back at that, we really feel very satisfied that he was able to crack that uh, door yeah. open. So the Amish people today actually have their own uh, marriage counselors within their own culture. That's, That's amazing. Fantastic. Yes, That is amazing. So so one of the things with this particular um, conversation that we're going into right now, I want to talk about the fact that you just laid it up beautifully and said, you know, I wasn't intending to have this business and do this, but it was where it, what the opportunity was there for um, and your creativity. So how did you learn how to hire the right people and then to ha- trust them to carry out what they were hiring for? Like, how did all of that start to happen for you as you were growing? Um, so, yes, I knew nothing about business. I never owned a company. I certainly, when I realized that we were doing uh, uh, franchising, it scared me to death. I read a book about three years into it, uh, a book on uh, franchise opportunity by um, Birorian is his last name. And uh, when I read the book, it was a big old fat book, and I'm like, oh, my goodness, 
Wow. Uh, I realized that this is what we're doing, and I was scared to death. Like, um, the, if you understand franchising, it's very mm. legal. There's a lot mm-hmm. of legalities involved and very litigious. If, if you do well as a franchisee, great. But if you don't do well, the franchisor is the one who takes the blame for that. So uh, going into all of that with no uh, understanding of that, I just, let me tell you, Psalm 32, verse 8, God gave me this verse. I'll instruct you, and I will teach you in the way that you should go. I will counsel you with my eye. And I always told my husband, I don't have uh, uh, formal education. We started ATNs without any capital, no formal education, no business plan. I went through eighth grade as a little Amish girl. But when God gave me that verse, I'm not ashamed of that at all. I'm just amazed about that, that God (laughs) took me, this little uh, eighth grade um, educated little Amish girl, my husband, same way. um, But I I tapped into what I knew. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's critical for anyone thinking about business. Tap into what you know, and then you will grow from there. And what I knew was that God planned this for us. And what I knew as a little kid, that the Bible and God's word is real, it's true, you can count on it, and you can depend on God. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. And whenever he calls you to do a task, you may... Hmm. Very often we don't feel qualified, but he will equip you. And that verse became my rock. I ran to it every day. So going back to hiring people, because in order to expand, you had to hire the right people to run under. I mean, because you were all of a sudden you were just going from producing pretzels in your own kitchen to selling them at fairs to going all of a sudden, wow, I'm going to have stores. So how did, how did God bring that first person to you? <laughs> okay. Uh, the very first person, what we knew to do was to pray. So we got on our knees, my husband and I, we said, we didn't even know how to put an advertisement anywhere. Hmm. We didn't know how to do that. So we prayed. We put our list on our bed, and we looked at it and said, God, you know what we need. We need someone to come and manage this company, which at that time there was only two stores, three coming up. And so we prayed. God brought to us family and friends. That's the way we hired for the first, uh, I want to say, two to three years, family and friends, people that we knew. As the company was growing, um, then we understood that we needed to, to find experts in the field of indus- uh, in the industry of franchising. We needed to find experts. Experts that knew more than what we did. And I, that's one thing that I always did well. <laughs> I always knew I didn't know very much, and I always knew that there was someone that had been, been there and done that. And so we started to look for people that were experts in the industry of franchising, uh, also management, leadership, uh, all those things. And plus what I did on my own was if God called me to do this, then I was going to be the very, very best that I could do, which meant reading. I read every single day. Uh, I went to... Um, uh, to conferences. I went to places where I was taught how to, to, to become a leader and, and how to manage. And, and I have a couple of great uh, articles with me here today that if we can touch on it later, I would love to. But the difference between management and leadership. But what I knew, I thought I knew that I was a manager. And what I discovered later on through an article that I read was no. I'm not a manager. I'm a leader. Mm. And there's a big difference between the two. So as, as we grew, I discovered more about myself and more about the needs of the company. And uh, in time, then, of course, we put ads in the paper. And in time, uh, people began to know about hands, And we had people from all over the country uh, inquiring to be, sure. uh, to, to be hired. Because they thought they'd get paid in pretzels, right? Uh, that's right. They said, if you'll just let us Lifetime. eat a pretzel a day, we'll be fine. That's awesome. I don't know if I could just do one. Um, so talk 
talking about that as a leader, as the CEO of the organization at Annie Ann's, um, how did you allow your faith to play a role in that? You said mm-hmm. you put the list on your bed and prayed with Jonas, your husband, but how did you, how did you take that into work and with the culture? I came from uh, the, the church world. So I grew up going to church every Sunday. We were involved in youth ministry, uh, mm-hmm. youth pastors and, and so on. So my whole, my whole thought was, uh, um, I'm, I'm on a mission field. I was always felt like God called me to do something. So whether it's in the church or my little truck stop waitressing job, I always knew that God called me into this world to be a light for him. So evangelism was kind of part of our DNA. Mm-hmm. And Auntie Anne was about two years old. And uh, I remember one day I'm walking through the hallways. Actually, it was four years old, 1993. And I was walking through the hallway and I was very exasperated, frustrated with how am I going to do this? I was in ministry at church but now I'm in business and uh, I said God do you want me to be an evangelist in my frustration Hmm. because I want you to be with me I want to take you with me everywhere I go I want people to know I'm a believer I want people to understand who you are and that you created this great company and God abruptly responded to me by saying I have called you to be salt and light and Mm -hmm. wow it stopped me in my tracks because as an evangelist or as a person with a mission, I have a lot to say. I will tell you. Mm-hmm. I will <laughs> explain to you. I will, uh, you know, teach you things about the Bible and about God th- through telling. But that changed my whole focus at Eight Ants. Being salt and light meant salt doesn't, it, it's, it's, it never says anything, but it's very tasty. Light doesn't say a word. It does its job, but never says a word. And I remember asking God. Now, I grew up singing songs like, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. You know, <laughs> uh, you're the salt of the earth. I knew all of those little verses. But at that moment, I, it struck me. And I remember just, mm, it grabbed me. And I wept. I said, God, how can I do this? It's like the, the response was, just be. Wow. The responsibility I felt that day changed the way I thought, number one, and then it changed the way I interacted with those in my office, in, in, the, uh, in the company, and it changed the way I hired employees and franchisees because I realized that we are light in the world, not in the church. Mm-hmm. So it opened up my mind to hiring people that were not believers, uh, having franchisees come in that, uh, that they, they know nothing about God. And I can tell you, it has been, it was one of the most satisfying parts of my journey was to be able to be salt and light and to learn how to be that in a world of business that I knew nothing about. So, but when you start to hire people and you start to franchise and people start spreading out across the country, because you have Auntie Anne's franchises now are all across the country, and maybe it wasn't that way when you know at the beginning. No, certainly wasn't. But how do you how did you keep your faith at the center of that organization? Because as you hire other people, it, it's it's up to you to lead, but it's still up to them to follow. How did you make sure that your faith infiltrated and that all of your managers and supervisors were loving on their employees the way you were doing it? You lead by example. It's not do as I say, but do as I do. And I feel like that was the responsibility. Once again, going back to salt and light, lead by example. And as you, as, as employees felt the passion of our purpose, which Auntie Anne's was created to give, and Auntie Anne's was created to be light in the world of business. So 
these two, the purpose was twofold. And I was so passionate about the, 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 the privilege that we had to be able to give, make money and we can give. And also, uh, passionate about understanding that, that we were created to be light. That became the fuel that gave me energy. And every single day, uh, I would talk about those things in one way or another. At all of our employee meetings, we talked, we talked about being light. We talked about giving. Uh, at our employee meetings, we talked about how do we do this? Mm. And, uh, so then we came up with the acronym called LIGHT. Uh, which was lead L, lead by example. I, invest in employees. G, give freely. H, honor God. And T, treat business contacts with respect. You know, I could spend a day just talking about that, but let me tell mm-hmm. you, in a nutshell, Light became our mission. And as, as a company, we put that on all of our business cards. We talked about it in all of our meetings. And at one point, someone said to me, you know, we have set the bar so high. I don't know if I can reach it. I'm like, hey, listen, we're going to set the bar high so that you have something to reach for. Oh, good. And I know it was a high standard, but let me tell you, it kept people always thinking higher and, and kept them in this, uh, the high road, so to speak. Uh, when, when mistakes were made, we acknowledged it. We talked about it. It was not about, I let my employees know, it's not about being perfect. It was about being excellent. Mm. And we wanted to honor God in all that we did. Did we do it perfectly? I will tell you, no. Uh, did we do it in a way that was satisfactory and to where people understood the mission? Yes, they surely did. And thank you so much for sharing all of that. Can you stick around so we can record for a future day? I would love to. Thank you, Ann. You're listening to I Work For Him. Wow, what a great conversation with Auntie Ann Byler from Auntie Ann's Pretzels. you got to stay tuned. We've got more pieces of that interview we'll be playing on a future date. So much fun. Martha, I think we should really digest some of the things that she said to us today. You know, one of the things, um, if you start thinking about pretzels and you're getting hungry, you think about the fact that what she said that... um, God really told Anne to be salt and light where she was. And um, that salt makes things tasty. And if we relate that, if we really dive into that idea that our lives are to be tasty, that people are supposed to be, a, it is supposed to be appealing to them to see our lives, Jim. And if we um, allow that, you know, when you think of things that we eat, you know, we like to eat our chips and dip. We like to eat our salty things that boy, they are tasty and you want more. So if you, if we reference how we live our lives at work, at home, in our neighborhood, if we are salty, if we're tasty to pe- in, in that people are watching us and saying, wow, I want to see more of that life, so, I hope we're living it so for So you're Christ. saying like if you were a pretzel, would somebody want to bite the salt off of you? <laughs> I guess that's one way. You know, it's it's like you want another bite. Or if you, you were it. a lollipop in a wrapper, that people would want to take the wrapper off so they could get a, a, a taste of how incredible your faith is. Yeah, you know, it's like who who possibly leaves one piece of salty pretzel in the bottom of the bag? Nobody. That's Nobody smart. ever. That's right. Because you just you and want sometimes more. you lick your finger and you dip into mm. the salt that's sitting at the bottom. Sometimes you just might do that, huh? <laughs> I've seen you do stuff like that. All right. She also talked about leading by example. And she started this franchise, Auntie Anne's Pretzels, with one location yeah. and grew it to 900 before mm-hmm. she sold. And, and you know, you can't expect your people underneath you. If you've got anybody reporting to you or whether you're a supervisor or manager, whether you're a business owner or a leader, you, if you expect people underneath you to do the things you're asking them to do, you need to lead by example. A lot of times it has to do with attitude. 
Oh, most definitely. And it's kind of funny, you're listing all those things out. And I was actually just thinking about um, teachers, because kids follow the example of teachers. And, you know, we, we, every occupation, every job that people are in, people are watching you. We were just talking about your sister, your old, yep. your older sister, and her second grade teacher talked really sweet and soft. And apparently your mom said she, this is before you were born, even. Yep. Apparently, that's the way she talked all year long. She wanted to be just like her teacher. She talks soft and sweet like her teacher. (laughs) So we do. We follow example. And so it really makes an impression. And it's important that as a leader of anything, if you lead one person, you're a leader. If you have one person that looks to you for an example, you're a leader. And what, what kind of example are you setting? You know, and for any leader, one of the hardest things to do is to learn to delegate. Because I don't know what you're talking about. Well, I, I don't want to get in. We're not going to have a marital conversation today on the air. But <laughs> what, I mean, when we create something, it's our baby. And, and with Auntie Anne, she created this pretzel business, and then she and her husband decided to multiply it yeah. and to create job opportunities for people around the country and, and to support themselves. And But she had to trust others with her vision, with her mission, and with her recipe. Most definitely. I was just thinking about that because it's like, and boy, if those... We, we didn't get the recipe today. Well, no, of course. But you can... I think you can buy like a mix and try to make it yourself. But I was thinking about that. Like even the recipe, like if you go to every single one of the franchises across the country, you should get the same tasting That's pretzel. Right. It multiplies. And so you have to trust that delegation that they're going to follow the example you've set and the instructions you've given to carry on the name. Well, even more importantly, is she was trying to raise a culture that was based on faith in Christ. Yeah. And when she was selling to her cousin, that was the one thing she wanted to make sure was going to be perpetuated was the faith component, the loving of the loving on the people component. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I hope that listeners really get some tidbits of good information today and excitement. And obviously, you're going to probably be craving a pretzel along the way. Make sure you want to jump in the airplane and go to an airport where they got an Auntie Anne's or maybe a local mall that's got an Auntie Anne's as well. But a lot of fun. You can check out Auntie Anne Byler online, Auntie Anne Byler, B-E-I-L-E-R.com, Auntie Anne Byler.com. Wow, what a fun show. Stay tuned for lots more interviews with Auntie Anne. You've been listening to I Work For Him with your host, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. We're Christ followers. Our workplace, it's our mission field, but ultimately, I work for him. Thank you for listening to the I Work For Him podcast with your hosts, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. Please visit IWorkForHim.com to learn more about connecting your faith and work, to join the I Work For Him nation, or subscribe to our weekly blog. You can also follow us on social media at I Work For Him to stay up to date and meet our guests. If today's message spoke to you, please subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast platform. Your review will launch more workplace missionaries across America. That's at IWorkForHim and online, IWorkForHim.com. I work the number four, him.com.